What are you looking at? I asked Elaine, keeping my voice soft, casual. Her face was wan, her lips bloodless, but they moved, barely, as she said, I can see so very far now, all the way to the sea. Indeed, the sea beyond the Sidra was a distant sparkle. It takes some getting used to. I can hear your heartbeat. If I listen carefully, I can hear her heartbeat too. You can learn to drown out the sounds that bother you. I had, entirely on my own. I wondered if Nesta had as well, or if they both suffered hearing each other's heartbeats day and night. I didn't look to my other sister to confirm it. Elaine's eyes at last slid to mine, first time she'd done so. Even wasted away by grief and despair, Elaine's beauty was remarkable. Hers was a face that could bring kings to their knees. And yet, there was no joy in it. Life. No life. She said, see, even at night, even in my dreams, crashing sea and the screams of a bird made of fire. Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and, let's be honest, gossip about our theories relevant to the magical, fairy-filled lands of Prithian. Just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit. We swear and we talk dirty. If you don't get worked up over the phrase, grab the headboard, or hello, Vera darling, then proceed with caution. We hope you enjoy being a part of our book club. Stay smutty. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the House of Wind Book Club with me, Hannah. And me, Amber Coke. Yeah, our girl is married. (laughs) I'm married, I'm married, I'm married. And it was absolutely perfect it was it was perfect i don't i keep saying this but i don't really have appropriate words to describe how perfect it really was and i know that sounds kind of kind of cliche to say but it was just the fact that it was a small group of people what we did is we rented a cabin the weekend before and at the ceremony we only had 10 people So Ben and I had two other couple friends, Hannah and Riley, and another one of our couple friends that um, we've just been close to for a really long time. And that was it as far as like outside of family. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like very close family, like parents, step parents, sibling. Yeah. So yeah, it was very small. There was like nine of us there outside of the two of you. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was perfect. Yep. And so we had a cabin the weekend before with just the six of us friends. And that was absolutely wonderful. (laughs) We hiked out to a little point and got married and it was absolutely beautiful. We got married overlooking Lake Superior and it was just, it couldn't 
like the weather was perfect. Everything was just phenomenal. It was. It was very special. I'm glad it went off without a hitch and you're married now. Yeah. It went off without Welcome a hitch except for the fact that I got a lipstick stain on the front of my white oh, wedding dress five seconds before I went to see Ben. So that was my, for being a very low key laid back person, I freaked out. Yeah. It's yeah. A, I feel like that's a normal response though. Yep. But you know, we calmed you down and you forgot about it the second you saw Ben. I did. So. I did. <laughs> and then I hiked all over in my dress and it got absolutely filthy. So right. who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be out for your reception. It'll be fine. That's right. Who, who cares? <laughs> Whatever. But here we are. Here we are. Man, just a couple of old married broads <laughs> shooting the shit. Shooting the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so we're coming down from our fun nuptial adventures, but don't forget to check out Audible. Um, you can get a month free trial um, and a free title. Um, Amber, did you finish Book Lovers? I did. Wasn't it so good? It's so cute. Oh my god, I it, love it. It was amazing. I'm obsessed. Is it Emily Henry? Mm-hmm. I love her books. I started Beach Read. Oh my god, the way she writes, like chemistry and tension, and like slow burn but it's not she gives you just like enough to like where it keeps you going you know i love that oh it's so good i just think she's such a creative writer and beach read so far is really awesome and she's witty she's very witty it's intriguing the whole way through yes yeah her characters are interesting they're never flat like it's not the same people the second book around reading you know like some Mm -hmm. authors can be like that and she's not and the narrator as we said is amazing she's incredible yeah and i think a lot of that is to do with the fact that she doesn't write extremely masculine characters Mm -hmm. and these unrealistic fey warriors that we love so much but it's it's a lot more real it really is and i like i love that it's like i was telling you i just started watching sex in the city for the first time (laughs) and i was telling amber like this like it was made in the 90s and just the standards of beauty in general like for being on TV. Yes, these women are like crazy skinny, but like you can see their pores and like, like, you know, their makeup, like they're wearing a lot of makeup and it looks like super relatable. And the guys are just like average looking dudes that they're hooking up with. And I'm like, okay, like we literally read about like seven feet tall, like 200 (laughs) pounds of muscle chiseled everything like it's just like not realistic at all it's fun to read about Mm -hmm. but it's so fun to just like dive into a little bit of real life of like oh yeah like i also love the sarcastic you know like um jughead jones type if you will so anyways i've really been enjoying her thank you for turning me on to her Mm -hmm. because it's really been saving my commutes uh, but you can get that title for free and a month-long free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash houseofwindpod. Hello, friends. Hannah here. I just want to make a quick correction. We have been saying the link wrong, and by we, I mean me. Uh, the link to the free Audible trial is www.audibletrial.com slash houseofwind, not houseofwindpod. Again, that is www.audibletrial.com slash house of wind. Also our Patreon. Um, friends, 
July has been nuts. So our Patreon episode will be for August. We're going to do our Crescent City deep dive. And trust me, you'll want us to wait on this because you're going to want us to have the time to like go deep in detail. Amber got married at the beginning of the month and I'm leaving for an Alaskan cruise like next week. So. Yeah. And then my reception and then the reception, is like a week yeah. after that. So yeah. <laughs> it's a um, lot. It is a lot. But we have like we already have a long list going of things that we want to talk about. Yes. And because... Also, the timing will work out really nicely because where we're at in this current book is, I swear, there are little Crescent City nods Yep. every other page, it feels like. So it's a lot. I think the we'll dive into that with the Patreon, that with that Patreon episode and we'll get back to you here. Also, we still have merch on the horizon. So keep your eye out for that. Again, yes. that will probably... Um, launch in August or September. So we're just going to start with t-shirts yes. and then we're really hoping to get at least some stickers. Maybe we can advance to maybe some bookmarks, some mugs, stuff like that. But yes. starting it simple with those those same t-shirts that I posted on Patreon and also posted on our Instagram. So yes, super cute. For that. And I know the guy who does the shirts and he's made shirts for Riley and his family before and they're so soft. They're so comfy, the so I best. can't wait for those to come out. That's the best. Yes. All right. Let's dive into last episode. Let's do it, Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. I'm blushing. <laughs> okay. Last episode, Farah and Cass took a little field trip to the prison to talk to our old friend, the Bone Carver. <laughs> the Bone Carver was exactly to be expected, presenting as a young boy whom Farah realized is her future son. Creepy. And we assume Bone Carver presented as a some sort of terrifying version of Nesta to Cass, which naturally messed with their heads quite a bit until Farah finally got to the point, asking the Bone Carver for help in the war. But the Bone Carver has grown comfortable in his cell and wishes to stay because this is where he can remain hidden from his extremely powerful siblings. He's like having the time of his life, which yeah. is bizarre. He's like, I'm at a five star resort. Don't bother me. He's like, I'm I am safe from the only other beings on this earth that are po more powerful than me. No, no, I don't want to leave. Are you crazy? Would it, and like, honestly, what a twist, because like you really don't expect that. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially because Amran wanted to be free so bad. Right. So you would expect the same for anyone else in the prison where mm -hmm. he's like, nope, yeah, I'm good. Absolutely Hanging not. <laughs> but the bone carver did say he was willing to compromise and help if they can retrieve the Ouroboros. Not sure if that's how you pronounce that. I think it is the Ouro Ouroboros. And this is also known as, quote, a window to the world. Wink, wink. <laughs> and this is in the Hewn City. So they leave his cell, return to Reese, and realize that they have a lot of bargaining and stealing to do on their trip in the Court of Nightmares. Meep. Double meep. Double meep. So, chapter 24. Before heading out to the Court of Nightmares, Farah wanted to talk with her sisters a little bit. And she decided to spice things up. 
she's like, why don't, why don't I just try to fly a little bit, you know? <laughs> so this bitch winnows into the sky above the balcony to, quote, practice flying. And ultimately, she just falls 20 feet. Like, what a bold place to practice flying. Also, how do you practice flying if you've never gotten a lesson in actual flying? Right? Like, have we missed? Why would you just winnow into the sky? That's just stupid. Yeah, like, have we missed another lesson with Az that we just didn't, like, hear about? I don't think so. I think she's just dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ruthless, but... Amber is savage. But, like, (laughs) what makes you think... Right. (laughs) Again, just lifting your wings was hard. Right. And it's only... Use your head. It's only been, like... It hasn't been that long since her first lesson. That's been my favorite new phrase recently. Ya ding ding dong. dong. Ya ding dong. Anyway... After her embarrassing fall that fortunately no one else witnessed, she finds Nesta in her normal reading spot and Elaine is actually out of her room and in the sitting room, which is like surprising to everyone. It's a miracle. Um, What's not surprising is that she's still staring blankly. And when Farah asks Elaine how she's doing, she responds both blankly and just creepy, quite frankly. She says, quote, I can see so very far now, all the way to the sea. I can hear the sea every night, even at night, even in my dreams. The crashing sea and the screams of a bird made of fire. Creepy. Creepy. Creepy, creepy. Farah tries to like, just like change the subject and was mm-hmm. like, Oh, let's talk about gardening. And Elaine doesn't even acknowledge it. And Farah right. is understandably alarmed. But I have to I have to loop back mm-hmm. because Farah knows better than to just shove something at someone who's suffering that they used to love. Yep. Because they're not in a good spot. That doesn't mean that the thing that used to bring them joy is automatically going to like snap them out of what they're experiencing right case in point how she felt about painting for a long time exactly yeah so i don't know i think this is just a little bit of a lack of insight on her on her end of things mm-hmm. but and maybe some desperation too yes. she's just so hurt from seeing elaine it being so gives empty. you a little sympathy for tamlin because that's exactly how he was feeling true he was just grasping so hard for something that he knew and he knows that she at one point enjoyed and all he wanted was to make her happy. Mm-hmm. And he knew at one point that that made her happy and he lost sight of what she currently needed and just forced something on her that he, in his frame of mind, would help her. But Right. <laughs> anyway, so as this is happening, Farah looks at Nesta and is like, oh, God, come over here. I need to talk to you. And... As they're talking, they're like trying to decipher if Elaine has other powers. Mainly because she's been talking in these half riddles all day. So like she has changed significantly mm-hmm. and Nesta's changed, not as significantly, but Farah changed. They all they all changed when they were made. Right. So they're kind of trying to decipher whether or not she was given some sort of special power. And that's why she's acting like this. 
essentially they're like what the fuck is going on (laughs) right like has our sister officially lost her marbles and how do we help her yeah (laughs) and nesta and farah share a rare calm look but then farah had to ask why aren't you training and nesta's like none of your fucking business fuck off (laughs) She's like, I'm not trying to be an Avenger, okay? Like, I'm just trying to read my smut and and help Elaine. Elaine. (laughs) And stare at Cassian secretly. Secretly. (laughs) And tell everyone that I'm not. Right. Anyway, this little cat fight got delayed when Lucian walked in. Not at all intending to find Elaine, yet here we are. So Farrah immediately puts a wall up around her and Nesta. So it not only blocks them but he can't see them right and just as a precaution she hopped right in his mind and lucian's thoughts are such a whirlwind it is whoa i feel like sjm did a really good job of portraying what it would be like to be in someone's mind in a chaotic moment like this right and like from his perspective of I think she does a good job at, like, showing us who Lucian, like, really is and the things that he, like, worries about. Right. And just, I do hate that she's in his head, though. I don't like this. Yeah. It's, yeah. When he first sees her, he's completely frozen. And he is just kind of soaking in her thin state and trying to understand what's going on with her while also battling his very strong mating instincts. And... Honestly, Lucian was just trying to get a change of scenery and a couple of books and instead found his mate. Can you, the what, like, whiplash. Right? You're just trying to stay out of everyone's way. And then the one thing that you can't stop thinking about is just right there. Bam. Mm. But he's struck with this realization that Elaine is so much different than Jasminda. Because Jasminda was all mischief and seduction. And honestly, she sounds like a good time. Do you know who she reminds me of? Like, the description of her? Bryce. N- no, but yes. Okay, That who? wasn't where my mind first went. Esmeralda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I don't That's, know why. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, also Bryce. Because she is very sexy and, like, mischievous. mischievous. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but L- Lucian... He's like trying to calm himself down. He's like, okay, okay, man, keep your shit together. <laughs> he sees the some tea in front of her and he just asks, can I pour myself some tea? And she says, she just looks at him. And then he sees the biscuits in front of them as well. And he just says, do you want a biscuit? And he just patiently watches her and waits for an answer that, he knows isn't coming. And then he just kind of sits in the moment, which kudos to him to be able to do that. Um, He just like sits in the moment and he admires like the decor and there's this strong pain in his chest that this place is everything he wished Tamlin's court would have been when he went there originally. <laughs> this broke my heart. I think we touched on that in an earlier episode, how we were like, it's probably the night court is probably hard for him, like the inner circle, just because like, that's probably what he craved. Yeah. And he's such a, 
Lucian is such a loyal guy, like almost to a fault with everything that happened with Tamlin. But like, I mean, truly, like he has his moments, but like he really is overall a great friend and like a really good person. So, right. I just I feel so bad for him. I feel like he just constantly is getting shit on and he gets like the short end of the stick all the time. He really does. And. Yeah, Elaine finally turns toward him. And they have their first interaction and they can both feel what they are to each other in that moment, right? They look at each other and they know what they are. Even if Elaine doesn't quite understand what it is, she she still gets it and she feels it more importantly. But Elaine simply says, you're my sister's friend. You were in Highburn. You betrayed us. Oh, God. Bad look. Bad Uh, look, Lucian. Damn. And he doesn't say anything yet. And then she says, I was to be married in a few days. Again, kind of in this like cryptic, far off look, just Mm -hmm. here but not. And Lucian is doing all he can to tamp down the alpha hole business (laughs) that he's feeling. And He's trying to throw some cold water on those mating instincts. <laughs> He's like, don't shove your tongue down her throat. Not the time, not the place. Not the time, Lucian. Not the place. Don't do it. Um, but kind of going off of what you said, in all seriousness, I really, I do feel for him as well. He's had a really, really hard go in a lot of different ways. But this is about as hard as it gets. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this with Reese and Farah when... Reese knew Farah didn't. Farah did not reciprocate. Mm-hmm. This is this is hard. Watching your mate suffer, knowing that you have no idea how to help your mate, and you also know that your mate doesn't want the mating bond at that point in time. Yep, and they're like actively mourning the loss of their previous relationship that only yes. ended because she was turned into a fae. Yeah, yeah, and you're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. In both of those situations, all of the above, Lucian's yeah. the bad guy. Reese was the bad guy. Yeek. Ugh. But then she keeps with her cryptic words and she says, when I sleep, I can hear your heart beating through the stone. And Farrah's like, that's enough. <laughs> Falls out of his mind, whips the barriers down. And Nesta just looks at her and says, have you ever done that to me? This part just baffles me how the hell did she know i don't know how did she know because i'm trying to think to silver flames like exactly what the extent of her power is but like they they don't explain that this no why she could do this i don't know i think i think there's more to nesta still yeah (laughs) i don't know at this point Farah and nesta address lucian and it's decided that it's best that they just move to the townhouse. <laughs> so this kills me. As flies Elaine and then gracefully asks if she wants a tour of the garden. And to our surprise, she said yes. I love that. And it's very sweet. I feel like they both have such like calm, quiet, sweet demeanors um, that it, they're just a good match friendship whatever how however they are matched they're good right. for each other i do feel like they are kind of kindred spirits though because 
even though we joke about Azriel being like a freak, and I'm sure that when we do see his sexy moves, like it is going to be pretty freaky. But I think out of the three of them, Az is like the hopeless romantic. Think of how long he's been like pining for more. Absolutely. And I just feel like Azriel and Elaine have very similar personalities. Like they're both very gentle. I mean, obviously he's like a warrior that can murder you with the snap of his fingers, but like, you know what I mean? Like among his with friends, those that he loves. Yeah. He's so gentle and he's so good with people who are like going through something hard. So I just, I don't know. I, I love, I love their chemistry as a super platonic, mm-hmm. like friendship, especially right now, which is exactly what she oh, needs. Oh, for sure. Um, and Nesta flew with Reese. I love this part. <laughs> when they get to the townhouse, Reese puts her down and she just runs to the bathroom and she is vomiting like nobody's business. And Reese simply said, he like shrugged. You know, I imagine him again leaning in the doorway, shrugs his shoulders. She complained that I was flying deliberately slow. So I went fast. And <laughs> That's just, that's good shit. It that's is. good shit. That's good shit. She deserves that. She does deserve that. She deserves a couple whoops, like where you like <laughs> drop down and then fly way, way up. She deserves that right now. She does, honestly. But she comes out of the bathroom and she needs some anger management. She does. She needs court ordered anger management classes mm-hmm. and some court ordered therapy. Some yoga, some meditation, some CBD, something. something. Bunch of puppies. Yes. I don't know. Nesta's burning gaze is utterly, quote, other. Different than Amarin, but equally terrifying. Oh, boy. Mind you, we are in a room full of high lords, high ladies, Illyrian warriors, Mm -hmm. like the biggest of the baddest. Oh, yeah. And they're like, fuck. Because I feel like the scariest thing is... When you don't know how to use your powers and you have an anger anger problem. Yes. And your powers are literally dead. Like hers. <laughs> yeah. So Cass <laughs> steps in front of Reese. Lucian, it's like cartoon jaw to the floor. What are you? Woo 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 what? Or Lucian. <laughs> We're so mean. <laughs> like the dude hasn't had a bad enough day. Like, Lucian, sometimes you just keep your mouth shut and you learn from observation. Like, yes, let's soak just up, shut up what everyone's like. You see that her eyes are scary. Maybe just ask Farrah later. Like, dude, what the fuck's going on with your sister? Like, what's her deal? Like, you don't have to, like, ask. Why what's would you ask a girl with the glowing eyeballs? What are you? <laughs> but she just responds. Nesta responds to that question. I made it give me something back. Damn. Mm, she's so cool. She, uh, she's such a brat, but she's so cool. I know. Ugh. After she left, Farrah stated that she thinks that Nesta's power is death itself. She no stole whatever power the cauldron holds over such things. And that is why the bone carver knows about mm. her and heard about her. The bone carver obviously also deals in the death realm. Yep. So it all makes sense. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> like by what means? Like, like what's the death community like? Like, do you just get like a text from the cauldron and it's like, 
yo, we got another death wielder in the house. It's Nessa Archeron. Watch out for her. Book clubs every Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Later, after all this shit goes down, they are all preparing to leave for the Court of Nightmares. Farrah's like admiring. She's looking down from like the patio, the Is that the right word I'm looking for? Balcony? Balcony. Thank Mm -hmm. you. The balcony from their room. She's looking down as she's standing on the balcony. She's looking down at the garden at As and Elaine. Just existing. Peacefully. Beautifully. Wonderfully. I mean, it's just the, the picture that's painted is so calm and serene that it just makes my heart warm. Oh, yeah. I bet they're also like stunning together, too. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. Farah is almost pondering, this is making her ponder like the whys, the hows of the mating bond. Because why can't they be mated? They seem like they're pretty good for each other. So like what determines that? Mm -hmm. And Reese, just being the fact that he's existed as long as he has, explains that bonds can be rejected, but there will always be a tug. And this tug is usually quite a bit stronger for the male. And they talk about how, you know, they're kind of comparing like contestant number one, Lucian. He's <laughs> loyally fierce. He's fiercely loyal. He's, you know, he he's never going to leave her side. Got he that. will stand by her no matter what. Right. Got that and fire in his veins. contestant two, you know, as is loyal as well. Because mm-hmm. Farrah's like, but as is too. But as is this. Like, right. It's almost like she really doesn't want Lucian to be with her sister. I don't really know why, honestly. I mean, I guess after everything she went through with Lucian, I mean, I guess it makes a little bit of sense, but I feel like he's kind of redeeming himself now. So, yeah, I I mean, but I mean, I get it. As is perfect. Like he is. He's he's yet to like let his anger get the best of him or be judgmental or like he's literally like so far the most perfect of all of them he really is by by a significant amount it's crazy but that's also because we probably know the least about him true we do know the least about him i really the next freaking book better have some asriel povs yeah (sighs) so reese just straight up calls her out and is like stop Trying to play matchmaker and stop meddling in other people's business. Like, just stop. Have you have you seen the meme where it's like this Renaissance painting and it's a woman handing out like little angels and it says there's two girls sitting across from her and it says Farah handing out a bat boy to each of her sisters when they get to the night court. It's <laughs> <laughs> literally what she's trying to do right now. She's like, I already know there's crazy tension between Nessa and Cassian. Let's just make yes. it happen between Azriel and and we'll and all like, be a happy little family forever. Yeah, don't we'll never have to have anyone outside the inner circle ever. Yeah, and so Farah's like, oh, fine, but then she immediately starts thinking about and feeling bad for going into Lucian's mind. So this this part always fascinates me because they they start talking about the complexities of going into someone else's minds, and it's like the combination of guilt. But also the importance of knowing what your intention is. If you have good intentions 
and you accept the consequences of going into someone's mind, there are certain situations where obviously this is a very powerful thing to be able to do. And that's why, Mm -hmm. because it comes with a lot of responsibility. You have to know exactly when to and when not to do that. Right. And it's essentially this never ending ethical battle. And we could go into like an ethical debate about this. Oh, for all sure. Day long. For sure. All yeah. day long. I think just in general, we don't feel great about it, but also we could see why. I feel like we're very open minded people. We can see it from both perspectives. Yes. Yeah, because in that situation, that was the perfect opportunity to see Lucian's true intentions with her sister. Right. And is probably the only pure way to catch that. True. And honestly, she loves her sister so much and she has literally her entire life done everything to protect her sisters. Mm. Even if it blurs that ethical line, she would have done it again a hundred times over. I think. Right. No, I I agree with you for sure. So she stops playing matchmaker and we get we get over our ethical debating. (laughs) Um, And Reese, they're sitting in front of their mirror now. Reese conjured crowns and placed them on their heads. And they as they gazed at each other in the mirror. He looked at her and he just said, ready to be wicked. (laughs) He purred. Oh, man. Mm. And mind you, she is wearing a scandalous dress again. Doesn't she describe it as like cobwebs and stardust? Yes. <laughs> not left, not much left up to the imagination. Mm-mm. So he trails his hands around all the parts that her dress doesn't cover, which is a lot. They take a trip down memory lane from last time they were in the Court of Nightmares. She simply said, this time, I get to make a cure bag. Oh, my God. Mm. I, I love, love them. <laughs> Ready to be wicked always, Reese. With you, always. That should have been her answer. <laughs> so, chapter 25. Nesta comes down. So, they're, they're in the human city and Nesta comes down and she's dressed in this, like, black skin-tight gown. And, again... The descriptors of Nesta are always my favorite. Quote, savage clarity of her eyes. I just, oh, I just love the way that she describes her every time she describes her. Um, as they enter the throne room, Pharaoh notices there's only one throne. <laughs> Awkward. Yep. <laughs> and upon seeing here and, and Moore's mom, we never learn her name. Farah has like a flashback to earlier when Moore was urging her not to make any promises to them. And this entire, like everything that happens over the next few chapters, I just, my heart breaks for Moore. She's just in such a terrible position and they, they all honestly put her in that position. It makes me like legit angry at them. Yes. At Reese mostly. 100%. Um, so Reese and Farah like make their way to this like singular throne <laughs> Where Reese has Farrah like sit in it while he sits on the arm. I love it. I feel like it's such a power move. Like you bitches thought that I was going to sit here and let Farrah stand. No, she gets the throne and I'm just going to hang out and lazily sit on the arm and you'll bow to her. Oh my God. (sighs) King Reese. I love that. (laughs) And like everyone like audibly gasps. 
which I also love. Yeah, when she sits down. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, scandal. Scandalous. We thought we had you beat. You outwitted us. <laughs> Who would have thought that you could have just had Pharaoh plant her ass in this chair? Inconceivable. Inconceivable. I'm not sure if you know. What is it he what? says? I'm not sure you... I'm not sure you know what that word means. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. These Court of Nightmare peoples are not the brightest. So Reese commands everyone to bow, telling them, I'll excuse the lack of two thrones due to this somewhat surprise visit, essentially. And the ire and the disdain just dripping from his voice is absolutely everything. And now that we actually know who Reese is, I love, love when he puts on his like bad boy persona. Absolutely. Mm, we love a, a bad baddie. <laughs> <laughs> so Farah senses some of the crowd reaching out to test her powers, which like bold move. Yeah. What the? F- Again, idiots. Dum dums. God. You ding dongs. <laughs> you ding dongs. <laughs> Just a bunch of ding dongs under a mountain. So she pounces on the people who are reaching out, like casting out their powers, and again, causing an audible response. These people are shit at hiding their emotions again, <laughs> dummies. And she just like casually asks, would you like your power back? And Reese purrs, it's not polite to touch a lady without her permission. <sighs> Fuck yeah. Again, I'm living for for baddie uh, Farah and Reese. I, I love it. Me too. And it just like, I think these people, this is Farah's first true display of power. Yes. I mean, she kind of had to in a couple of her oh shit moments. Um, like when we when they were trying to get away from Eris and his brothers, um, but I mean, truly, this is kind of the first taste of I am High Lady, and I'm going to show you. Oh yeah, and she's she's working it like she's doing it with style. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so Farah finally releases her grip on the powers um, on their powers, and some people are so afraid that when she lets go of their powers, they winnow away or faint. I imagine that this is largely because they were scared of Reese. Mm -hmm. And I think that the level of power that she just demonstrated, they're probably terrified that she's just as, if not more powerful than him. Right. And he is the most powerful High Lord of all time. Mm -hmm. So where does that put her? If she is with someone as wildly powerful as him. Right. They're, I don't blame them for fainting. Oh, for real. They're like, oh, shit, there's two of them now? Yeah. Like, I didn't think this could get much worse. Oh, God. But it's definitely worse. It's totally worse. <laughs> like, it's on them for being shitty fae that, like, deserve and want to be under there. But, like, it, it's kind of amusing, though, that they're like, oh, fuck. It's. My my bleeding heart just feels for the people that are under the mountain, Mm -hmm. under this mountain in the Mm -hmm. Court of Nightmares, that aren't shitty. Do they exist? They have to. I thought that they choose, like, 
this is kind of like a den of like sin, essentially. Like they choose to live this way. I wonder if Reese has like a system where if it's like you want out and you're like, I am actually like a I'm good. Good way. <laughs> I swear I'm up I'm up to actual good. I'm like Give me out, give me out, give me help. out. I've been redeemed. I don't know. That's a really good like I've never thought about that really in depth before. But yeah, I, I surely hope that if there's actually like solid people down there that he's like, okay, cool, you can leave. Right. I hope. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. Because like if you're born into it, like more. Right. You know, like what she do you She wouldn't do? have gotten out had she not had connection to race. Right. Man, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. Ooh, what a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Nesta is clearly shocked by the extent of power that Feyre is is showing in this like act that she's putting on she's like who is this girl and while she's freaking out internally probably Reese just dismisses Amran and Nessa to go practice with the manipulation of magical objects to prepare for when they're going to try and fix the wall because remember this is kind of the whole point of them coming here besides meeting with Kier um, and he also orders Kier to the council room to discuss their potential aid in the war. So in general, this council room sounds badass and also reminds me of like the Targaryen castle from Game of Thrones. Like it's like all like these carved beasts out of like stone and it's cavernous. And there's like a big ass black table just like running the entire length. I don't know. It just it's feels also probably feels like the same, like, feeling like mm. gut feeling of when you're walking into a council room in yep. game of thrones where you're like okay i'm here to strike a deal but someone's going to fuck me over yep how can i fuck them over first <laughs> yes uh hopefully i don't die right because- that's literally like what they walk into and because they're all thinking that all the time they're just like they have to be like so big-headed and just like macho man all the time (laughs) because if they're not they're they're going to be targeted first oh for sure yes it's definitely that vibe of like we can't show our cards too soon but also yes anyone could choose to kill us at any moment yeah it is a very game of thrones (laughs) so the council room they go into the council room and farah notices that there's a chair that's not filled Hmm. interesting and Reese immediately he's taking on this just like nonchalant air. He's like swirling his wine. He's like, mm, notes of I'm gonna kick your ass and get what I want, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's just like he's just is so good at playing that part. Oh my like, god. He's such a smug asshole when he like needs to be. Yeah. So he's like a lovable smug asshole, I love you know. Notes of kick your ass. That's fantastic. Oh, man. So Kier reveals that he knows Reese is here to ask for his dark bringers to help in the war. Uh, Mama didn't raise no fool. And <laughs> he also reveals that he is sympathetic to Highburn's cause. Why the fuck am I not surprised by this? Kindred spirits. Yeah. You know, Highburn, we just like to frolic through fields of flowers together yeah. and commiserate. You just get each other. You just get it, you know? <laughs> you know when you just have that unexplainable connection? <laughs> he sucks. He sucks. So Kier goes on to say 
that he relates to Hibern's people because they're also, quote, trapped in the court of nightmares, just like Hibern's people are trapped on the freaking island. I'm like, I'm sorry. No, not the same thing. No, absolutely not. Again, you've deserved to be here. And also, you have your own kingdom. He pretty much rules it when Reese isn't there. Yeah, and he has jurisdiction over everything. Yes. The only thing he has to do is accommodate Reese when he shows up. Right. Which is not really that often. No, because it sucks. Yeah, Reese is like, God, I gotta go back down there again. Jeez. So, Moore lashes out, saying, that's not true. Um, Like, we totally agree. And Kier just completely ignores Moore. And there is nothing more that enrages me than, like, someone ignoring me when I'm trying to make a point or, like, literally just trying to be a part of the conversation. Like, what a middle school tactic of just, like... Effective. Childish. It's so effective because I'm already mad for her. And Kier goes on to say, no, we're not free. And we don't even own the mountain or the House of Wind. Because that's what he's talking about when he says the castle on top of the mountain, right? The House of Wind is on that mountain, right? Mm, I don't know if that's the same mountain. Are there two different ones? What, what do you mean? Like, I thought the House of Wind, I always pictured the House of Wind here, and then the Court of Nightmares is, like, underneath it. Oh, I don't think the House of Wind is, or the Court of Nightmares is that close to Valaris. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. I never thought about it like that before. Isn't that weird that that's just like how my brain pictured it? Huh. I just, I picture this in like way out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. <laughs> they have to like fly for miles well, and miles. Where, do they leave? Where do they go? That's what I mean. It always seems like they literally just go downstairs. Yeah. In my head, like literally they go downstairs. Because it's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Listeners reach out to us. Do you know? I <laughs> I have no clue, but that's how it's been in my head. But you're probably right because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, why the fuck would it be under, like, in their cellar? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, the Hume City is like a straight up city, right? It's, like, it's huge. True. Like, I imagine it like almost like a metropolis <laughs> under a mountain. It's just dark and sad and yes. angry. Mm, yeah. But it's but it's a actual city. Yeah, you're. you're you know, totally they just happen right. to be in the throne room with. Not all the inhabitants of everyone that lives in the Hewn City, just mm-hmm. maybe the... Like the courtiers. Yeah. You know, like the yeah. fancy schmancy people. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was totally imagining it like, you know, go down to grab a bottle of wine and like a <laughs> jar of relish from the <laughs> cellar. And then you're like, sup, here. Oh, I ran out of sugar. Oops. Can I have a cup of sugar? No. <laughs> nah, you suck anyways. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Your sugar probably tastes like ash and death tastes like tears and (laughs) despair um okay so please forgive my fucked up like imagination (laughs) of this um who knows maybe it is there i don't know i don't i think you're right i think you're right so essentially they they don't own the castle that goes with the hewn city um which clearly reese isn't there either if this is a separate Mm -hmm. thing and Reese offers up this castle and he's like super dry and sarcastic about it. And it's not doing anything to hide the fact that Reese is desperate. Kier, Kier can see through their act. Um, and he's like, hmm, 
Are the overgrown bats that you normally use not enough to take down Highburn? That's super weird. And as I, I live for how pissed as is in these like chapters, just the rage that pours off of him. And as gives the polite version essentially of quote, you know, like come fuck around with us and you'll find out like basically like train with us and you'll see that we're good. We just literally need numbers. Bitch. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so Reese knows Kier already has something in mind. Again, these these males just have been around each other for such a long time. They they know they what just they're know thinking. before yeah. you even walk in. Yeah. And he asks him, just what do you want? And first, Kier makes a pass at Farah. <laughs> you big ding dong. <laughs> yeah, ding dong. Yeah, ding dong. And uh Ding Dong Kier is dead. <laughs> ding dong. The wicked Kier is dead. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm just picturing his feet like poking out from underneath. Oh the no. <laughs> like the wicked witch. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh, man, we don't get that. We don't get that. So Kier makes a pass at Feyre and Reese reminds him like I can miss you when I tire of you literally just existing. Yeah. Like once you no longer benefit me or interest me like you you're dead like I'm done with you and so finally Kira backs off (laughs) one smart thing he did and in this exchange we do learn though that there is a treaty that grants Kira control of his army so they they are his armies yep Kira has total control right Reese can't just walk in there and be like hey I need them like you have to do it which I think is kind of a good it's a good thing I think it kind of helps with the balance of the dynamic that they have going on, which is weird anyways. But um, so in a shocking turn of events, we end this episode by Reese saying, I thought you may be hesitant to assist me and request the entrance of the person who the extra seat is for. It's Eris, (laughs) y'all. I did not remember this and my jaw dropped when I reread this. Oh my god. I was like of all people to invite to this room. Yep. Of all people. Like you're already fucking with more. Yep. And now we're bringing Eris into the equation. Yep. The thing that makes me the most angry and they will probably go into this in the next episode but like it just really makes me angry they didn't tell her. Like yes. That's in the really next episode. Up. We are going to dive deep into that mm-hmm. because next episode is pretty fucked up. It is. We learn a lot of stuff next episode. We learn a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff. But I think ending this episode on the fact that Eris is the one that walks in <sighs> to this room. Yep. And I can just see I can just see it perfectly. His stupid little swagger. Mm-hmm. Like making his stupid stupid like lovey eyes towards more that just hurts her more. Yep. And then Kier looking at more and smirking because he probably finds that entertaining. Oh yeah. And Reese being completely cold and indifferent. Farah too for that matter. As as well. Everyone is being super cold and indifferent when more is already having a horrible time. Which is like hard because they do still have to keep on that air of like we're cold and we don't care about each other and right. like this is a situation where I, in Reese's position, 
if there is no other alternative, if you have to have a meeting with Kier, one, mm-hmm. you go to a shit place. Two, you involve another shit person like Eris. Maybe you should consider this isn't the best place for more. Mm-hmm. You should tell her and have a conversation with her so she can decide. Yeah, maybe she maybe she shouldn't have been there. Why couldn't she watch over the Archeron sisters and Cassian? Yep. Like, she's just as powerful as the yep. Bat Boys. Exactly. Yeah. More so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if maybe they thought her being there would, like, she would be of aid to them in terms of she knows her dad better than anyone else. But yeah. she should have had the choice, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. Ick. Yeah, big idea. Ick. Ick. Plot twist. Giant poker game. Ick. <laughs> Ick. Manipulation at its finest. Oh, and the like biggest it. person getting manipulated is more. Yes. Poor I sweet baby more. I know. More. More and Amran. I just. They both have such a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's like the one person that's happy go lucky all the time, even though she's been through so much. And she's just a ray of sunshine all the time. And then stuff like this happens to her. And it just. Ick. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like. If if you've ever been that person that's like super positive and bubbly and sunny and like never really says no. And like, you know, people just think that they can. People are just like, oh, well, we could just do this and then like it'll be fine because like, you know, more she, it's more like she's not going to be mad for long. You right. know, like She'll I feel okay. like she's always OK. Yeah. I feel like that's the mentality behind it where it's like you guys have known each other for such a long time. Like, just be honest. And again, I hate the secret shit. I hate that it. is my least favorite thing. Uh, my least favorite thing. I just yeah, you just need to talk and Again, next episode, we are going to get into why that's so important. Because if you don't, it blows the fuck up. Oh, it does blow the fuck up. It blows up. So, again, we're just like we're getting into like the thick of it mm-hmm. in this book. I mean, it is getting juicy. Mm-hmm. Very, very juicy. There are so many different things coming into play right now. Oh, yeah. And so many different uh like players there's Mm. so many different players in this game that the first time reading this book you get to this point you're like what is going to happen how is this book going to end right because at this point we really don't have many allies we know hybrid's coming hybrid's coming we know that the high lord's meeting is coming up but we've kind of set this foundation of oh shit Mm -hmm. We're, we're reaching out to the bone carver here and the court of nightmares. <laughs> Nothing screams desperation more than that. Right. <laughs> We're not, it's not looking good for our heroes right now. No, it's really not. It's pretty dark. Yeah, it's it's looking bleak. It's looking bleak. And that's where we end it this week. And honestly, next episode is a little dark and bleak, too. It is. It had me in my feels, honestly. It. Yeah. And I just think that this... SJM, again, mad respect for her because she she does a really nice job of kind of fluctuating. She does like, I feel like she does like chunks of chapters at a time. Like there'll be like five chapters where she'll dive deep into this like really sad, intense situation. And then it'll be like lighthearted, maybe a little smut in there. Mm-hmm. 
something good will happen. And then we start going down our slow slope of, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but. Oh, my God. That's yeah. a wrap. That is a wrap. Um, so next week we're doing chapters 26 and 27. Um, so read those. Be prepared for the next episode. And as always, thanks for choosing to be a part of our book club. We super duper appreciate your support. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify and or Apple Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at House of Wind Pod. Also, email us your theories or burning questions or anything about this book, these few chapters, at houseofwindpodcast at gmail.com. This information can all be found in the show notes. Woohoo! We'll talk to y'all <laughs> next week. Stay smart.